Welcome to the Brookwood Ministries podcast. Romans 12.2 teaches us that true change comes from having our thinking transformed by God. So for some practical advice, let's join the pastors of Brookwood Care Ministries and their guests in this care podcast series on creating revolution in your life. Hey, welcome to the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. Uh, glad that you're here listening. Uh, I am Gene Beckner, the care pastor here at Brookwood. And I'm Josh Masters, the associate care pastor here at Brookwood. And I'm still Doug Wildman. <laughs> I'm the counseling and marriage pastor here at Brookwood Church. But you're also an associate pastor. Yes, so, okay. I'm an associate yep. pastor. Socio pastor? Oh, yes. That's bad. Um, well, hey, we're uh, we're glad to be with you again today. We're glad that you're with us, and uh, we're continuing with this uh, theme as we start the new year of um, having revolution as opposed to resolution. Right. And so uh, we've talked about several topics, and today uh, we're going to talk about what does having a revolution in your spiritual life look like. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked several times that when we start every year, we start with good intentions and we try to give some good advice about, you know, starting small and building your way up. And um, I think that same advice probably applies to uh, our spiritual walk, too, because people, you know, begin a new year and, uh, you know, they're going to read the Bible through in a year mm-hmm. or, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, go to church more often, they're going to do devotions with their families, they're going to have more quiet time, and usually around the beginning of February, we are back into the same old routine. Yes, yeah. So, what we're going to do is, um, I'm going to talk about maybe the philosophy or maybe the mindset behind um, making a revolution in your spiritual life, kind of how God looks at us and looks at our attempts and our effort. And then um, Josh is going to talk about, um, you know, putting tools in the toolbox and why it's important to have uh, several tools. And then Doug is going to talk about some specific tools that you can use uh, that will help you uh, on that journey. Um, You know, the Bible is is chock full of examples of of God's thoughts towards us, His uh, desire to be with us, and you know it's interesting that His idea of success is different than ours sometimes, and what the what the world says is is success. You know, the world says there's a winner and a loser to everything, but God really looks looks at the heart. Um, you know, as we study Samuel <clears throat> here at church on Sundays, which again, I encourage you to, uh, to come and be a part of that on Sundays with us mm-hmm. at 9 and 11. Um, but in 1 Samuel 16, 7, uh, the Lord is talking to Samuel and he makes an interesting comment about Saul. And he says, look, don't look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. Hmm. He says, but God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think if if you're going to make a, a spiritual revolution in your life, the first thing you have to look at is your heart. Like, why are you wanting to do it? Right. You know, are you doing it because you feel guilty? Well, that's probably not a good reason. You know, are you doing it because someone is telling you you should do it? Well, it could that could be a good reason if you're going to internalize it. But if you're doing it just to keep your spouse off your back or because you think you should be a better role model, you're probably not going to be successful because it's not really an inward thing. You know, it's it's right. not a heart thing. <clears throat> you're you're being um, moved along by external factors mm-hmm. instead of on the inside saying, "Hey, I I really want." to have intimacy with God. I really want to have a closer walk with him. And what should be encouraging to all of us is that what God is telling Samuel, he's telling us, I I look at your heart. I'm looking at your motivation. I'm looking at why you're doing what you're doing. Right. And he also says the same thing. Jesus says in Revelations 3.20, he says, I will stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and I'll dine with him and he with me. Right. And what's interesting about that passage is that we often use it in the Christian world as an invitational for people to come into the church, but it's actually in a letter written to the church. Yeah, interesting. So in context, it's not really about salvation per se. It's written to people who already have accepted Christ. It's about relationship with Christ. It's about knowing Christ. It's about dining with Christ, having communion with Christ. And we sometimes don't think of it that way when we just hear the phrase that Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. That's to the church. He's like, open up, let me in. And then John fifteen three says, if you remain in me, then I'll remain in you. So like you're saying, Josh, about the relationship aspect, what that says is this should be an ongoing thing. Just like we talked about, you know, having a revolution in your finances or having a revolution, uh, you know, in your marriage, having a revolution in your health. It can't be the mindset of I'm, I'm going to um, be on fire for a little bit and then I'm going to go back to my old life. Like Christ is saying, let's let's have this thing be an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it as, okay, this is an eternal thing. If I'm born again, then I'm in eternity now. And so I'm learning to be in relationship with him forever. So that may change some people's uh, mindset of I got to hurry up and do this or I got to have huge results right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the scripture says this is going to be forever. So let's let's start that journey with that mindset of, okay, I've already been accepted by God. If I've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's not like I have to do anything more to get him to love me more. It's about exploring that relationship with him being intimate with him, learning to hear from him, you know, experiencing the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5:22 and 23 that comes from it. But a lot of people don't know where to start. They they sense like, okay, I need to do something and maybe they have the best motivation, but they really don't know how. Right. And so Josh, that's kind of the part that you're going to talk about. So, we talk about having tools in our toolbox and having methods to connect with God and communicate with God. 
And we have lots of those things, both in adult discipleship and within care ministries. For example, we have marriage enrichment, right? That's one area where you can work with your spouse on it. In uh, Celebrate Recovery and the Landing, even for students, we talk about um, the 12 steps and the eight principles which come from the Sermon on the Mount in as methods of how to connect with God and communicate with God. And then there's, of course, devotionals. We all have our favorite devotionals that we use. But I think one thing that's important is that you want to, just like your portfolio, you want to diversify your tools, right? A toolkit is no good if you just have a hammer. Because then everything looks like a nail. Because then everything looks like a nail, right? <laughs> yeah. Although when it comes to like fixing things, like a hammer is the only thing I know what it is. <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, you, a toolbox is only as good as, or you can only do the projects that you have the right tools for. So diversify, you know, do financial peace, do celebrate recovery, get counseling if you need it, do a small group, make sure that you're um, in a small group. But the thing to remember is that these are just tools. Yes. That's a key, key thing. People get wrapped up in the tools, and actually the things that we use to get closer to God can become an idol and keep us from God, right? If your real goal is to finish the the C.S. Lewis devotional or the Tozer devotional, and it's about finishing the devotional and making sure you do it every day, and it's really about doing the task, that means nothing. Mm-hmm. Really, you want to keep focused on the thing that it that you're trying to do, which is actually pursue Christ. And any tool that you're using incorrectly that is not leading to that needs to be ejected, and you need to get a new tool. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the best tool is just being with God and being quiet. Um, there's a difference between your spiritual relationship with God and the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines are supposed to lead us to relationship with God, not be the relationship with God, right? So we talk about at Celebrate Recovery, for example, the eight principles from the Sermon on the Mount or the 12 steps that we use for addiction issues, like those aren't check boxes, right? They're a path to communicate with God. Don't let them get in the way of what their purpose is supposed to be. If you bring it back to the analogy of actual tools, if you're building a house, the point is not you want to use the tools. The goal is to end up with a house. So you keep focused on how do I get this house finished, not I'm really excited to use the hammer today. I'm, not, I'm really excited to use the screwdriver today. Keep focused on pursuing Christ and make sure your tools are facilitating that and not being a distraction. The tools are a means to an end. They're not the end. Exactly. Um and again, you know, we've all had experiences with tools becoming that way. You know, I know when the read the Bible in a year came out. Yes. You know, <laughs> we've I, all done that one. Yeah. I mean, I, and I remember the first time I did it, like first three months, it was really good. And then that's I when kinda, you hit Leviticus, right? Or yeah. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, I kind of got lost. And then I spent the rest of the year trying to catch up. And then I'd get caught up and then I'd fall behind again. And then so, you know, December 29th, I'm reading the whole month of December, and just to say that I did it. Yeah, right. You know, and instead, you know, I, I missed, the, like what you said, I missed the whole point. I, I looked so much at the tools mm-hmm. that I didn't really look at the fact that it really wasn't building the house that I wanted it to build. 
Yeah. You know, and then people, a lot of times, myself included, go, well, that tool doesn't work. So a lot of times people look at, at the Bible and go, well, it does. it's not really helping me. It's not really working. Well, mm-hmm. how are you looking at that tool? Right. So I think that's a, that's a great point, um, Josh. So, Doug, we had talked earlier about a, a specific tool that you've used before that you, know, you could share with us. Yeah, this, uh, it started a number of years ago. I had taught a class up in Canada on the, uh, the uh, spiritual disciplines, and um, I had been exposed to a whole bunch of different types of uh, ways of approaching God that were really for the purpose of slowing down um, enough to be able to hear from God and to connect with God. So things like fasting, um, meditation, prayer, um, simplicity, uh, things like that, even uh, vows of silence um, uh, and isolation, um, just uh, just to get away and and listen. And um, one of the ones that uh, that I have been using for probably um, oh, I would say probably about six years or so uh, is is one that's called the Prayer of Examine. Um, and it's kind of the sister to that is the scripture examine. Um, and what you do is you you go to God in prayer first. And as you're going to God in prayer, you're you're basically bringing all of your your needs before him and you're saying, God, would you speak to me? Um, now, we don't get hung up on whether or not God's going to speak to us about a particular thing that day. But what we do is we kind of say, hey, God, this is something that's on my heart um, that I want to bring before you. Would you speak to me in whatever way that you see would be a, a good thing for me to um, understand today? And so then you open up the scripture. And a lot of the time, it's a passage that you yourself have not chosen. It's a, uh, it's a passage that's kind of chosen for you. Uh, you can find uh, an example of this if you want to go to examine.me. Uh, it's a it's a free uh, website. Examine is spelled E X A M E N, um, and um, you know it'll it'll walk you through the process. But um, I have found that to be um, a very illuminating um, experience. Many times, God, I think when we pray, sometimes or sometimes when we read the Scripture, we don't really anticipate having an encounter with God. We, we kind of think that it's somehow God is, I don't know, up in heaven somewhere uh, taking care of other things um, and somehow it's divorced from our own experience in everyday life. And so when, when you combine the prayer and the reading and the meditation, um, boy, I'm telling you, God has spoken to me in some ways that um, have just been very, very profound and timely. So another one is Lectio Divina, which um, is uh, divine reading. And you basically start off by reading a passage of scripture, and then you meditate on it. You know, God, what does this mean for me? Um, and then uh, then comes the oratio, which is uh, means pray, uh, to pray. And so you're, you're basically praying, God, how does this, um, not only how does this apply, but um, pr- actually praying for the things that God is revealing to you. And then uh, contemplatio, which is contemplation, which is kind of a wordless prayer. 
um, we're sitting in the presence of God, um, not really offering anything as a um, sort of like intercession, but more just sitting and enjoying his presence. Um, those are just two ways of many um, that that I have uh, experienced God. And what's great about those tools, aside from the fact that all the ones you picked are impossible to spell, but aside <laughs> from that, what's really great about them is they're sort of like untool, like 7-Up was the uncola. Those are like untools where you're teaching yourself that you don't need an external thing. Mm. You just need communication with God and the Word. Mm-hmm. And those sort of train you how to be focused on God's Word and being in his presence rather than something external speaking into that. Yeah. And I like that. I think we uh, we have a tendency to, as a culture, we have a tendency to be very, um, we're people of the book, which, which is great. It's really great. Um, sometimes that gets divorced from the actual relationship aspect. Right. So when we are um, encountering God through the scripture, we, we sometimes forget that, hey, God is actually present and he's actually wanting to say something to you today. Not just a, not just a principle to apply, but there's something that he wants to communicate to you today, right now, at this time. Um, and uh, when we can approach the scripture in this way, when we can approach prayer in that way, it's an entirely different experience. Right. And it, when you think of it as a relationship like a marriage relationship, it's good to have tools that you're looking at and books that you're reading. It's good to read um, about how men and women are different or the power of the praying husband. It's good to read those books. But eventually, you have to have relationship with your spouse. You have to exactly. communicate with them. The books are helpful, and that's good, but you're not ever going to heal your marriage or grow your marriage if you don't communicate directly with your spouse. And that's what these disciplines are are like, where exactly. they're very good tools, but at some point they need to lead to better communication with God. Absolutely. And that's what John Calvin says, you know, that we are to know God, not know about him. Mm-hmm. And, and what I like about, Doug, what you uh, kind of brought as examples is, you know, that's consistent with scripture because Ephesians 4 6, I mean, Philippians 4 6 says, Hey, bring your requests to God. Mm-hmm. So, even the examine is saying, Here's what's on my heart. Here are the things that I need help with, and I'm bringing them to God. And then, like what you're saying, Josh, is okay, now the relationship aspect of, Okay, God, I've spoken to you and I've told you what's on my heart, now I'm putting myself in a place to receive back from you. Mm. And sometimes that can happen through that kind of communication, but sometimes it can go back to the Word. So again, John 1.1 talks about the Word being with us and it being alive. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's the other part of, okay, God's Word is speaking back to me. Not that you're hearing something, but that it's stirring something on the inside. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to borrow the the phrase that, um, you know, David uh, Hardy, our executive pastor, says a lot of times on Sunday mornings and at different times, God, what do you want me to know? You know, and so, you know, are there – there are thousands of tools. There are lots of different ways. But if you're, like, just starting on your journey and you're going, okay – 
uh, I've just come to know Christ or I'm just now coming back to Christ. I've been away. What do I need to do? How do I need to get you know started on this journey? I, I think that's a great way to start is to just say, God, what do you what do you want me to know today? Hmm. And then be aware and we'll we'll talk about this in future podcasts is be aware of how he communicates with you because it's different for different people. If, if you put me on the beach and I just listen to the waves and the and the ocean, I will be connected to God through nature. Yes. But some people, if you put them in the mountains and they get to take a walk through, you know, the forest, they're going to have that same experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's part of that journey that that people are taking. And so, you know, taking the pressure off of, of being perfect, taking the pressure off of producing and just learning to be in God's presence and what that feels like on the inside uh, is a great first step that all of us can take towards a revolution. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, let's pray and, and we'll end. Father, I thank you for uh, our time here today. And I just pray that you will continue to uh, walk with us and talk with us. Lord, help people to connect with you in a meaningful way. And, and that may start today with simply the question of what, what do you want me to know today? And Lord, I pray that, that they'll be comforted by your presence and that the revolution of their life will start today. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.